Hey guys, welcome to Unprofessional. This is Dave Wiskus, joined by my host, my host, joined by my friend, Lex Friedman. My friend? My friend. Hi Dave, how are you? <laughs> it's it's early. It's it way is. early. I'm my my intro is all off today. I got nothing. I'm okay with that. I'm gonna I need to down like a gallon of coffee or something. Speaking of a gallon of coffee, also with us today is uh, our friend and uh, a man perhaps best known as being Amy Jane's husband, John Gruber. Hello. What time do you guys usually record? Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's my favorite recording time, 8 p.m. Eastern. The kids are asleep and I don't have anything <laughs> else distracting me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Your kids are asleep at 8 p.m. What time does Jonas go to sleep? Yeah, whenever he falls asleep. <laughs> Where do you think the average falls? Like on a school night, I don't know, nine, three, four a.m. Eh, nine, nine thirty. That's not so. That's not so different. He's older. Yeah. My oldest one is six. Last night he was up late because the Yankees were playing extra innings, so I let him stay. He didn't make it to the end though. Was that because he fell asleep or because you forced him to bed? Yeah, I felt like at midnight he had it. He should go to bed. They end up fucking losing anyway, so <laughs> he didn't miss much then. So you were you waking up early for this too? No, uh, I would. If I was still asleep, I would have missed it. There was a moment there because I got the message from you like a half an hour ago saying you were going to get coffee and then you just disappeared. But Dave was concerned you had fallen back asleep. There was, a, there was a moment of concern that I think this guy might have fallen asleep again. No, I was up. Uh, but, I, you know, it was like complicated because I wanted to make coffee and I'd, I'd do like a pour over thing. And then I ended up it was I was out of uh, filters and I cursed myself because I knew that I was out of filters from yesterday when I used the last filter. And then I thought... Well, I should go buy more filters. And then I thought, well, shit, these guys are waiting for me to do a show. I, I should I, I, I use the AeroPress. <laughs> but that took like it took like 10 minutes to make that decision. <laughs> it's a very important decision to make. I know these guys are waiting for me, so I want to make sure I get this right. You keep weird hours, too, though. Uh, you, you made a comment about how I don't sleep. I don't th- I don't think that's true. Well, you, but you don't seem to sleep consistently. I mean, it seems to me like a lot of times you're up late and and then you're up early. Oh, that does happen. Yeah. We'll be up late my time, which is ridiculously late your time working on stuff. And then I'll get up the next day. What seems like a reasonable hour to me and nobody else is up yet. Yeah, I just don't keep a regular internal clock. I, I'm convinced. I, mean, I don't even think I need to do the experiment. But if you did one of those things where if I was in college and I went into one of those rooms with no windows and had no clock um, for a week, you know, at my and just was left to, you know, sleep whenever I wanted to. My, my cycle is longer than 24 hours. I was thinking about this yesterday. I've got this problem where I don't, once I'm awake, I don't want to not be awake anymore. And once I'm asleep, I don't want to not be asleep anymore. Yeah, more or less, it's like that for me. I feel like I am a morning person, but I don't want to be one. I mean, it's it's a fact, though, that I'm, I just get crappier and crappier as I'm up later and later. And I'm much more efficient and good at getting things done in the morning. I just don't want to be that way. But I don't think you can change it. Well, they say that morning people are more uh, successful in life. I don't know if that's well, right. Now I really don't want to change it. I mean, you speak, but I, you, you speak to that. <laughs> I am. I, you know, I, I, growing up, I had very tightly enforced bedtimes where for many, many years it was 10 p.m. And then. And you make your kids go to sleep at 8? Well, they're very young. <laughs> You're and a then dick. by. Uh, when I was older, and I'm talking like junior or senior year of high school, then it, it, it bumped all the way up to 11 p.m., but still had a bedtime even then. So even now, when I'm up after 11, I feel like I'm breaking some rule somewhere. I don't think I ever really had a bedtime. I think it was kind of whenever I wanted to go to sleep, and that might be what fucked me up. Do your kids fall asleep after you put them to bed, or are they up, you know, just sitting there wide-eyed in bed, suffering for like an hour? 
I mean, if they the, fall asleep around eight o'clock, then they, you know, I mean, there's no complaint. Right. That's exactly right. The younger two fall asleep within about five to well, some the, the youngest falls asleep within ten seconds, and then the uh, four year old falls asleep usually within about five minutes. If you go in and check on her five minutes later, she's out. But uh, my oldest Anya sometimes gets conked out, but sometimes you can still hear her rolling around until around 8.30, 8.45. So I would let her stay up a little bit later, and that's sort of been happening, where her be- like she reads chapter books for bedtime books, so we'll do a couple extra chapters, and then it's like 8.15, 8.20 by the time we leave her room. I think I could sleep better if there weren't so much stuff to do. <laughs> like, without the internet and TV and, and books and all that, I honestly, if I it, when I go to bed, I'll spend a good 15 minutes at least just staring at my phone, seeing if there's more stuff. Yeah, I like to stay up until I pass out. From from exhaustion or (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Well, do you guys do book reading? I do my book reading before I fall asleep. So, I mean, every book I read, I read while sleepy for two minutes or three minutes a night. And then when I realize I'm falling asleep with the Kindle on my face, that's when I shut it off. I either read a book or I watch a movie. I have a hard time falling asleep while watching something. I can totally fall asleep reading a book. Yeah, I don't fall asleep while watching a movie. I mean, that's gross. I had a a roommate um, years ago who... We were, I was in a band, he was my drummer, and we shared the basement of, of his sister's house. And he would fall asleep after practice watching the TV. Every day he'd fall asleep. Like he could not fall asleep if the TV wasn't on. I kind of got used to it. But the idea of, of needing that to fall asleep is just so foreign to me. Yeah, that's horrible. I also don't like people who, who, who well, I, don't, I can't say I don't like the people, but I don't like the situation where there's people who feel like they need to have a TV on at all times. I hate that. And the you know, background noise. My, uh, my wife grew up that way where her family and her family to this day still has the TV on all the time. And uh, when we first started living together, she would do that. And she, she grew out of that. And we actually don't even have a TV in the bedroom. <laughs> when, uh, when Lauren was on Queer Eye for the Straight Girl, a short-lived <laughs> series, uh, when we lived in L.A., they said, uh, you should take the TV out of the bedroom because the bedroom is for sleeping and sex and you don't want the television there. So now there's no, there's never been a TV in my bedroom again. You don't how have do to you, tell me twice, queer eye for the straight girl. Well, how do you watch porn then? That's, we have iPads. Oh, okay. I knew this was going to be gross. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for technology. Do you need, when you're reading, do you need total silence? No. Or are you okay with background noise? No, but I mean, quieter is better, I would say. I can't read if there's, I can't do anything if there's a TV on. If there's a TV on in the room that I'm in, I can't focus on anything else. Like I can multitask a little bit, maybe be doing something on my laptop or whatever, but I can't read and understand an article or a book if there's a TV on in the room. Yeah. I grew up in front of a TV. I feel like TV got enough of my life and I've got that thing where if there's a TV on the room, I can't not watch the show. Even if it's something awful, even if it's reality TV or the news or, uh, an infomercial. I will sit. I have to stare at it. I yeah, I'm the, not watch. I'm, I'm the same way. I also, I also usually try to when I go to a restaurant, pick a seat. If there is a TV in the restaurant, I try my best to pick a seat where it's not in my field of vision. Because if it is, I'll, I'll start looking at it in the middle of dinner. No matter what they're showing, I don't like hockey. You know, but if there's a hockey game on, I'll just I'll be absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> I give that seat to my six-year-old for the same reason. You know, it's, it's muted news. It's totally useless to everybody, not just her. But if, if that TV's on, she's got to stare at it at the restaurant. I hate that. Why would you go to a restaurant with a TV in it? Because I have kids. <laughs> uh, Going yeah, to Bennigan's? Yeah, but, or, you know, sometimes, you know, it could be a, a – there's not a TV in the restaurant, but there's a TV at the bar and the, 
you know, uh, you know, it, it, if you look around, even in a, you know, a, a not like a, you know, I don't know, like a restaurant where you wouldn't think that there's a TV in the dining room and there's not, but you can get seats in the dining room with a view of the bar and then there's a, a TV. I mean, it doesn't matter I'm to not- me, even if I'm at like a, a totally skew angle, you know, <laughs> can't even see what's on. I'll just sit there and look, <laughs> look at the lights moving. Flicker, there's flickering reflection on that right. wall. I'm staring. I'm not judging. I end up in these places myself a lot. I thought that was like a failing on my part. Um, for me, it's like we'll take the kids to, uh, you know, diners don't have them. But we, you know, if we're going out for a, a weeknight dinner with the family, it can't take forever. We're going to go to a and the kids might be wilder than normal. I mean, they're still going to behave, but I'm not going to take them to an upscale place. We're going to go to your Chili's, your Fridays, whatever, and they all have TVs. Somewhere where you can lie and say it's your kid's birthday and get a free dessert. <laughs> no, I just bring the, the kids eat free coupon on my iPhone. I knew it was going to be something like that. <laughs> I am what I am. Yeah. But speaking of entertainment and how you watch it, I have a, a some pressing questions on how what you guys feel is the proper concert etiquette. Uh, if you're at a concert and you're watching, first of all, are you do you sing along at a concert if you're not specifically encouraged by the band to sing along? If I know the band well. No, I would never do that. Even if I knew how to sing, I wouldn't do it because nobody wants, but, to, nobody wants to hear me sing. Well, maybe I'm going to the kind of shows where um, nobody's going to hear you. But I don't. I, I I can't carry a tune, so it's it's almost like I should answer NA. <laughs> I see. I I do find myself singing along sometimes. You know, not super loud, but I know that if I'm at a concert and I'm hearing somebody else sing along, then it's like, no, I'm not here to hear you sing, stranger. Yeah, that's my thought. Where who are you? What band are you singing that you can hear the person next to you at all? Uh, it happens. What if it's a quiet song? What if they're doing a mellow song? I don't what think if, I've ever had this come up. You've never heard somebody else singing unwantedly at a concert? I, I can't say that I have. It's not well, I don't I, I can't recall a time when that's come up. I have right. once or twice. I think it's more common where it's a song where it's like one of their, you know, the a big hit and then everybody sings along. Right. Whether the band encourages it or not. Maybe I'm that guy and that's why I've never noticed. <laughs> yeah, you probably I'm too busy singing along. Well I I, I feel like maybe it's a kind of band or the kind of venue or something, but that can't be the case. When I go to a show, I can barely hear myself, let alone the people around me. Uh, John, you said you can't carry a tune. Do you sing in the car? No. You never sing, ever? Never. Do you sing happy birthday on somebody's birthday? Oh, I'll sing happy birthday. At Bennigan's to get Jonas a free dessert? <laughs> no, Bennigan's probably doesn't let you sing happy birthday. They they probably have like a, you know, happy Bennigan's to you, some kind of... Uh, <laughs> You know, they, they, there's that uh, that whole scam where somebody claims to own the copyright to Happy Birthday. Right. Sony or somebody like that. Ends up that's that's total uh, bullshit, but anyway. Right, not even true. Yeah, not even true. But nobody wanted to... There's somebody, some one guy is standing up now and, and fighting them in court over it, but for like 70 years, nobody wanted to risk it. Good. I'm glad some hero is finally taking that on. And so every single chain restaurant has their own custom birthday song. Right. I was surprised and thrilled to learn that Bennigan still exists. Do they I thought they really? all closed down. Yeah, I thought they all closed down. I guess there's like a, a handful of locations, maybe on the East Coast or something. Hmm. Uh, there is one in uh, one town over for me, but I only know that because I just Googled it. Here's a good, here's a good game. So uh, let's rank chain restaurants as which is better. <laughs> so Bennigan's versus a TGI Friday's. I'm a Fridays guy. I like all the Jack Daniels stuff. All right, but I'm not saying which one you would prefer. I'm saying which one is like slightly more upscale, better. More you, upscale. You, you still say Fridays? Fridays is 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 higher on the food chain. 
I food chain. I feel like Bennigan's would be slightly higher. I haven't been in a Bennigan's recently enough to to evaluate that. Yeah. I know that the the Fridays near me has keeps redoing itself, like Madonna, like billiards pool. Uh, there's a pool area and like the bar got a lot fancier. So I was I would say it's closer than it might have been even like a year ago. I don't, I, I Bennigan. That's a tough one for me because I don't think I've. I it it may even be the case that I've never been in a Bennigan's. I I'm, it might be entirely judging them from TV commercials from the 80s. I haven't been in a Bennigan's in a long time, so my my judgment could be clouded by nostalgia. Uh, but I I think I recall Bennigan's being decent. They had the they had sandwiches on uh, the Bavarian pretzel rolls. <laughs> I remember Class, that classy. I'm gonna go Fridays. I'm gonna vote Fridays. I I don't know that I've ever been on a Fridays. Never been on a Fridays. No, wow. wait, I have I have a couple of times. See, Friday, strike me. Is that an East Coast thing? I think they're everywhere. No, we got a few here. They had one they're, in Dublin. They're in a higher hotel. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like Fridays, and I, I don't even like it apologetically. I genuinely like the food that I get there. I don't think it's fine dining, but I, I'm never disappointed with what I get. I'm so old. I remember when Fridays didn't even have a gimmicky menu. Like, the, it was just you could get a burger and fries, and, they, you know, maybe they had, like, uh, chicken fingers, uh but there was no it wasn't the stuff where that's Jack Daniels uh Smucker's honey glaze something something Smucker's Yeah, well that's what they've got now. It's now like, I'm hungry. You know, they it's like Jack Daniels jelly uh you know, fish battered fish and chips. <laughs> uh That sounds disgusting. I, you well, can't just get a plain hamburger anymore. I mean, it's it's all gimmicks. I don't know. I think that's it's sort of the ones that I sort of group together for, I probably because they're the ones that we have locally are Fridays, uh, Ruby Tuesdays. All right, Chili's, so Fridays, Fridays versus Applebee's. I think Fridays is nicer than Applebee's. I, Applebee's I would feel like Fridays. I've eaten in plenty of Applebee's and they all feel gross to me. I always regret Applebee's. Like Imodium regret? No, well, I was. That's sort of what I felt like I meant, but I just feel like it's that one feels. I mean, I, they serve the same crap, but it feels worse for you at Applebee's to me. Like, it, it feels heavier in my stomach. It feels like I've abused my body more than I should have when I go to Applebee's. By the way, they're also sponsoring today's episode. <laughs> I haven't eaten Applebee's in a long time either, but I remember one time we did go, and Amy got an order of, of ribs, and the ribs were, like, cut the other way. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like it, <laughs> how do you fuck that up? I I think it was that's how they made them. They and it had like a funny name, like something something ribs, and it ended up that the, <laughs> Jack was, Daniel's fish battered ribs. I don't know, but it was weird. Like instead of like pulling a bone off and and eating the meat, it was it was just weird. I don't know. So we never went back. I didn't realize until recently that the McRib didn't have bones in it. <laughs> that's part of the weirdness <laughs> of that thing. I've never had one. I've never even seen one in person. I've never tasted one, but I, based on the shape, I, I worked at McDonald's when I was a kid, and I had to make these things. And you just, just assumed just, people were eating the bones. <laughs> I just assumed that like you would take a bite and like pull the meat. I don't know. I always wondered why would you bother. It seems like a lot of work for a sandwich. It just seems weird too that they make it seem, even though I mean, it's certainly better than actually putting bones in a sandwich. But it it just seems weird that they make it look like there's bones in a sandwich. If they don't make the chicken sandwich in the shape of a chicken. Somebody at McDonald's is listening to this and they're saying, now, <laughs> yeah. there, now there's an idea. The Bok Bok chicken sandwich. The Mick Bok Bok. That's what they'll call it. What about Ruby Tuesday? Do you guys get to Ruby Tuesday? I think Ruby Tuesday is, I think a Ruby Tuesday is a cut above. I agree. I think it's nicer. I think the menu is more limited and I think that's to its benefit. Yeah, because it's plainer food. There's no gimmicks on it. If you get a cheeseburger, it's just a burger with, you know, it's, there's no, uh, you know, Smucker's 
Jack Daniel's <laughs> sauce on it. And they, they usually have they usually have a salad bar. Right. I was just going to say they have been shrinking down the salad bar a little bit. It used to be the salad bar was enormous, and I in two Ruby Tuesdays that I've seen there, they're slimming down the salad bar to make room for more tables. But it's still an excellent salad bar. Like you can get edamame at the salad bar. That's always Ooh. a good sign. That that's fancy. Yeah. Do you Ruby guys have Tuesdays. Do you guys have Red Robin? Uh, I, I, we do have one. It's out by where my parents live. Uh, you might hate it because it's the fancy sort of gimmicky burger thing. Yeah, not really. It's I see Ruby T- or not Ruby. T- what's the name of it? Uh, Red Robin. It, to me, Red Robin is sort of a it's sort of a halfway between fast food and Fridays level. I don't know what you what is Fridays called. I don't know what. Oh, is. Fridays is sit down for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I, but it's, I, I, it's a chain sit down. Well, they've got now that Red Robin has like Red Robin Express. You do order from a waitress, but right, it's uh, I don't know somehow. I mean, not that it's bad. I, I don't. It's almost more. There's more integrity to it, where it's you know, it's more of like a like a throwback to a diner type thing. I've only been to one Red Robin. There's none around here. It was in Washington State that I was there, and I enjoyed it. But it was only the one time, so I, I can't say how I feel about it long term. I'm not ready to commit. Ages ago, it was, uh, at least here, when you could still smoke in restaurants. When I was a smoker, we would avoid Red Robin because it was the one place where you couldn't smoke. And when we would end up there because the burgers were good, I was always reminded that it was like the kid-friendly restaurant. So you go in there and it's it's the, the food is good. The burgers are actually really good, but there's just children everywhere. Yeah, there there is something about it that seems... Like without explicitly saying it, does seem to somehow encourage the bringing of children. I, I would argue still that a restaurant full of children is worse than a restaurant full of smokers. Mm, that's a tough one. I think that you've gotten burned by seeing really bad kids in action. I find most of the time that – I mean my kids do pretty well at restaurants. But if you go to a, a family restaurant where there's already like a basic din, it's very rare these days to hear a kid who's being louder than that general din in a way that's uh, upsetting to you they try to put all the kids the the young kid families in one section or two sections of the restaurant and put everybody else somewhere else so i find when i'm not with my kids or even when i'm with them i do not hear like rogue screaming too much when when i'm with my kids and i do hear rogue screaming it's always awesome for me because now i don't have to worry about what my kids do because there's already somebody way worse are your kids like that mine i don't know i've never taken mine to a restaurant (laughs) (laughs) when when amy and i lived in massachusetts a decade ago uh for a few years we used to on weekends we'd go to uh we'd go to an ihop and ihop in massachusetts is actually kind of interesting because uh one thing people in new england have a taste for is real maple syrup like because it's you know it's local so you when you get pancakes at ihop there actually it was in new hampshire we lived on the border between massachusetts and new hampshire but you got real maple syrup you didn't get the the caro syrup or whatever the hell it is that they give you everywhere Corn else in the syrup. Country, right um but it was around that time, this is, you know, around the year 2000, 2001, it was right around the time when, when restaurants across the nation were starting to ban smoking and, and, or create smoking sections or, or get the drift that just saying there's a smoking section doesn't really help because it's all one air, you know, didn't, you know, when they used to just say smokers sit over there, non-smokers over here, well, the non-smokers didn't make a difference because the smoke came over. What they did in the IHOP, though, is they had a corner of the restaurant that was the smoking section, but it was it was enclosed by plexiglass. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah. Uh, so it was sort of like the thing that they that they put uh, Loki in in the Avengers movie. <laughs> 
uh, for is this. Is the plexiglass like brown stained? And no. Gross? Well, maybe by now it is if they still have it. I don't know. But <laughs> it, but it was clearly filled with smoke, though. It was like it, it did actually keep the smoke in. You didn't need to light up in that room. And it, it just seemed like for the adults, it just seemed like public shaming. Like you're in the, you're, <laughs> and you know, and, and it was sort of satisfying as somebody who was long frustrated by the smell of smoke in restaurants. It was kind of satisfying to, that, Hey, they're getting theirs now. They're in a real stinky room and everybody's <laughs> sort of looking at, but then sometimes there'd be kids in there with their smoking parents. And oh. then I would feel terrible. I would be like, Oh my God, the poor kid. I mean, Jesus, it's, the worst. Who does that? This is probably more reflection on me than on the smokers, but I think these days that every smoking section feels like a shame section. Because if I, you know, you go to places now and there's people outside smoking because that's where they have to smoke. And um, my kids won't make eye contact. Like they're, they're looking away. They're like, oh, if we're getting in the car, like, I see somebody smoking. That is disgusting. And so the whole family's like, first, I'm not making eye contact because if my kid says something about how they shouldn't be smoking, I don't want to be any part of that. Um, and then, you know, everybody's looking away. And I don't know. It feels, it feels like it's shame zone everywhere now. There's an amusement park here in Denver. It used to be a Six Flags. Now it's not a Six Flags. But I was there a couple of weeks ago. And walking around, it's all outdoors. Walking around, they have these little um, like gazebo hideaway things that were the smoking section. You walk by and you kind of like, they tried to hide it with, with vines and some shrubbery, but you could see through and there's people standing there smoking. And as you walk by, it's just that, that same thing of, Oh, they're smoking. Those poor, disgusting people. I like now how in, in urban areas, at least here in Philadelphia, and I've seen it in, in New York too, where, uh, for a long time, almost every office building, if not all office buildings now are no smoking. So people would come down smokers and they come out the front door and smoke. Now they've they've put signs in front of most buildings that there's no smoking within blank feet of the door. <laughs> yeah, it's like that here too. Uh, now I need a tape measure. Right. But then it's like, you know, depending on the density of the buildings, you might, you know, you, by the time you get far enough away to be allowed to smoke, now you're too close to some other building to smoke. <laughs> seems like it's a real... Smoker's paradox. Yeah, it seems like it's really getting... Get, turning into a real challenge to smoke. <laughs> Those four smokers. <laughs> yeah. Won't someone think of the smokers? Have you seen the price of cigarettes lately? I have no idea what, what cigarettes cost. A billion dollars a pack or something. <laughs> like five dollars a pack. Or more. Even more in New York, I think. I'm confused by this, though. Because the only people I ever see smoking are like poor people. It does seem... I, I, I'll bet there is some sort of inverse correlation between uh, socioeconomic status and likelihood to smoke. And then it's it does seem unfortunate that that they're expensive. I mean, if if I were writing this, if I were trying to create a world where people smoked, in my mind it would be that if you could afford good health care and had the disposable income, then you would buy cigarettes. I'm I'm almost certain though that that the evidence shows though that the taxes on cigarettes actually do decrease um, the likelihood that people smoke or they're more make it more likely that people will try to quit etc cetera, etc cetera. that at a certain point when they get to a certain cost uh, people who would otherwise just keep smoking will will try to quit that it, it does work as like a public uh policy i'll tell you what worked for me and call this a public service to all smokers who might be listening to this it wasn't the cost or the cancer it was the smell if i had realized earlier in my smoking uh career i guess how bad i smelled i would have quit way sooner so if there are any, any smokers out there listening, you, you should quit because you stink. And I also will say, kissing you is horrible. Me? 
<laughs> I dated one smoker, and it was just horrible. Just horrible. Even now, as a, as a former smoker, it's terrible. Yeah. Kissing Dave is fine, but no. He's always right, he's always right to the tongue. Yeah. Do you... <laughs> well, well, before I get uh, too turned on, we should take a break and acknowledge our, uh, our also sensual and attractive sponsors, right? I'm already a little hot. First up, Dave, it's our old friends from Transporter. You remember those guys, right? I do. I remember them vividly. They are back and better than ever. And just so you know, as background, uh, it was a couple guys from Drobo who left and formed their own company that made the transporter. And then the transporter got so awesome uh, that uh, they uh, Drobo acquired it back again. So now when you really? get a transporter, yeah, now it's part of Drobo. I didn't know that uh, part. That's hilarious. Spoiler alert. Drobo is going to be sponsoring the show, too. Anyway... <laughs> This time, it's Transporter. It's a Transporter spot today. And uh, I want to refresh our listeners about what this is. And uh, you and I both have them. It's connected yep, to yep. our uh, wireless routers. Or they were kind to enough to send them routers. units to play with. And so you plug in this sort of triangular-shaped doohickey, which has got a hard drive inside it. And it's basically Dropbox, but also a physical hard drive. It's, it's Dropbox, except you're the data center. Right. So it mounts on your Mac. And uh, you drag files to it, and then they also become magically available in the cloud via the Transporter app. And uh, what's cool is they, you know, they've uh, there's an update to the Transporter software, which makes what was already good even better because now you can. It really is very Dropboxy, and on the desktop you can see when files are updating. You can right click and get sharing URLs. Like it's hip. You know, but, I don't. I, I want to be clear on this. It's not that we're saying Dropbox this much because uh, we we have a preference for Dropbox. The point here is that Dropbox is kind of the gold standard. And the fact that these guys are even on that level is saying a lot. Exactly. And you've get this, you get this um, hard drive. So you've got your own sort of backup for your data right there in your home or office. You can share files with anybody. Dave and I send files back and forth for this show using our transporters and there are no fees at any time. So you, you can, Order a, a hard drive inside the transporter when you buy it. We'll get to the pricing in a second. Or you can get your own gigantic drive and shove it in there. And then there's no fees for storage, no fees for bandwidth, no anything. You buy the transporter, and after that, it's free. Uh, no monthly backup cost or whatever. It's you know, it's good. It's just there. So it's unlimited sharing. You can share, pay pay the one time own the transporter, and then you can share thousands of files of any size or type with anyone. It's 100% private. They can't get like to your that. files. It's got peer-to-peer storage, so you don't have to worry. There's no complexity associated with syncing files over the Internet. Uh, Your files are always protected. You get global access. And there are apps for iOS, so you can get the connected data app in the App Store. works on the iPad and iPhone, and you can see all the files and folders on your transporter, download them, store them on your iOS device, open them in other apps. It's awesome. Who doesn't like apps? Uh, Fools. Here's the thing. If you have gigantic files to share, you don't want to have to use any service where you're paying a monthly fee to be able to get the, or paying a monthly fee to have the storage space available. So you buy the transporter the one time. Now I put my videos on the transporter. Now I can share them forever with anybody I want. They're in the cloud, available for my friends and family to download. And I, I've already paid for it. It's, it's the one-time transporter purchase. And now I can share gigantic files however and whenever I want. Once and done. And so, so he, I, I got to ask you, yeah. how, how much is one of these things? There's no monthly fee, but how much is it to buy one? If you get the zero terabyte version, that's the one without a hard drive. You supply your own two and a half inch drive. I was going to say zero terabytes. That sounds um, that sounds like a pretty small hard drive. Right. That's that's a BYOD. Bring your own drive. Got it. That one, that one's one hundred ninety nine dollars. If you get it with a terabyte drive inside it already, a one terabyte drive, now it's two ninety nine. 
And if you get it with a two terabyte drive, now it's $3.99. But here's the thing. You can use our special discount code of unprofessional. You go to filetransporter.com and enter the discount code unprofessional, all lowercase. You're going to save 10% on your purchase. That's a pretty big savings. Yeah, transporter owners uh, say that if they use the discount code, they get better prices than if they shop the web and looking for bargains on cheap hard drives. Well, I'm looking right now on Amazon, and it's the same prices for the, the units, and you can buy hard drives and stuff. But man, that 10%, that's, uh, that's pretty killer. Right. When you're talking about a couple hundred dollar purchase, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, so the, you, for the, the, the big one, that's 40 bucks you're saving. Right. So you can go to filetransporter.com slash unprofessional, and when you check out, use the promo code unprofessional, and you're going to save that 10%. But we love Transporter. They're a frequent sponsor on the show, and we love them for that too. But it's it's a genuinely cool product. You should check it out. You should buy one. Buy one for your whole family. Can it's I mention great. it's it's um it's sitting under my TV, and it's got this blue ring around the bottom. It's very, very nice to look at. Yeah. Oh, they, they've done a nice job with that. It's pretty cool looking. You, you do not have any other hard drives that are quite this shape. No, that's absolutely true. Our other sponsor this week, I was going to say today, but really for the week, is Slender. Slender is a Mac app. It's a Mac utility. And it sits at the intersection of design and development. It's the thing that designers and developers and and really anybody who is involved in the creation of software, this is a tool they're going to want to use. It's for... Uh, it's it's kind of part of the QA process. It's kind of part of design. It's kind of part of development. It's it's uh, it's almost a little hard to describe in that way. What it does is it scans your Xcode project or your web project folder, and it looks for images that uh, don't have their at 2x or out 1x counterpart, or maybe the pixel dimensions are wrong, or uh, there's other things. Maybe they're just the, the thing is missing. Uh, whatever it is, it looks for image errors, I guess is the best way to say it, uh, before that can affect your users. This is a big deal. One, if you're like me and you design on retina screens, uh, but you are also creating the non-retina assets, this ensures that those non-retina assets look good and they're in the right place and all of that. It also makes sure that you don't have a bunch of stuff that you're not using sitting around in your project. So right, you got old image assets in there and your app doesn't actually use them anymore and it can see that and be like, hey, dumbass, you got yeah. you know, four megs of unused images over here. Right, because if they're referenced, uh, they still get included in the bundle so that you're still shipping those things to your users via the app store. Uh, and that's not something you want to do because smaller is with software always better, right? Right. Um, so this 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 tool, Slender, it's uh, it's made by um, a friend of mine, Kyle Richter at Dragonforge Software. And full disclosure, this is Andy version- Richter's cousin. <laughs> no, that's well, not the full disclosure. That's not the full disclosure. Uh, full disclosure for version one of Slender. This is version two. Version one of Slender. I worked on design, and I did so. Because I love the idea so much, I believe in the idea so much that I thought this needed to be made. And now that I'm not even attached to it at all, I still cannot imagine shipping a piece of software without using this. We use this well, on Vesper. I use this on um, all of my web projects. I just seriously cannot imagine shipping something without Slender. Let me ask you this. I mean, I know that there's a, a free 14-day trial of Slender for people if they go to dragonforged.com slash Slender. But I I always like it when sponsors have a special offer for our listeners. Can you work out anything like that? Fucking A. 15% off. If what? You, Did you just say 15% off? 15% off. If you use the promo code unprofessional when you buy. So go, go to dragonforge.com slash Slender. Download the 14-day free trial. You're going to love this. I've got, I've got zero question about this. If you make software, you want this app. You really do. No joke, no, no bullshit. You really want this thing. You're going to use it. I don't even think you're going to get to the 14-day trial. I think you're going to buy it like within the first day. 
Two things I want to clarify in all seriousness. The first is that it's dragonforged.com slash sender. That's D-R-A-G-O-N-F-O-R-G-E-D.com slash slender. And the other thing is that unprofessional promo code to save you the 15%, that's valid for a limited time only. I know you DVR your podcast listening. You're listening to this and it's like 2047 now. But you got to act quickly. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't delay. Go get it now. Even if you're listening to this a year from now, maybe you don't discover the show until later. It's only, well, right now anyway, it's only twenty four ninety nine full price. Right. If so you missed out then, on the promo code, you should still buy it. For right. sure. This is, cannot stress this enough, this is a tool you need. This, should, this is a tool that should be in everybody's toolbox, like Xscope. It's one of those things that you, you should have this if you make software. So make sure you go to uh, dragonforged.com slash slender for that one. And use the promo code unprofessional to save 15%. And go to filetransporter.com slash unprofessional. Use the unprofessional code there to save 10%. And, uh, I mean, thank you to both these people. Transporter and Slender. I don't think we could ask for a better pairing of sponsors for this episode. No. Things that, think of all the money our, our listeners are going to save. That's right. Basically, you just made $8,000 listening to this episode of Unprofessional. It's a shitload of money. And when you think about what you spend to listen to this show, yeah, that's a really good deal. Yeah. Agreed. Let's get back to it. Your, your policy, John, is different. You record the sponsor read during the show, right? I just go right through, right? It's huh. live broadcast. I wish that's what we did. That was my vote. But Dave prefers the other way. And when you have a co-host, it's all about compromise. You figure out what works for everybody. Well, when you've got guests on, I don't like the feeling that I'm making them wait through something. Well, there's also – to me, there's also – it is there is an angle on that. And to me, the other angle too is I don't want to make the guest feel like they're supposed they to – They've got to chime in, right? They've right. got to chime in and say something nice about uh, Squarespace too. I don't want the guest to feel like I'm getting paid and they're not, which is what's actually happening. <laughs> I, I want the guest to feel that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to remind anybody of the money that's changing hands. Right. It's a commercial endeavor that you're not a part of. Right. We've we've gone back and forth on that too. Like, should we pay guests? Is in, that a thing? In theory, you know, I guess you should. But even you know, I guess it depends, though. I don't know. It's like even if you go on, like, if you go on the Letterman show, you do get paid. There's like a you know, I don't know. It might even be like a union thing, but you get like scale. So like Tom Hanks comes on the Letterman show, and and he gets yeah, I don't know, he gets like two hundred dollars or something like that. I mean, it's, and a fruit basket, exactly. It's like some negligible amount. We should start sending out fruit baskets. I still go for the cookie basket over the fruit basket every time. Whatever. A basket. <laughs> An empty fucking basket. That's what we'll send out. <laughs> Getting a basket is a pain in the ass because that's, you've got something and it's like, you, you, you know, you've got something you're supposed to keep. It just feels wrong throwing it away. How about instead of basket, we'll just send out a booklet of Bennigan's coupons. Well, no. See, I think actually, though, that the getting a gift basket to me is nice because I can optionally choose the basket. I feel no guilt throwing that thing away because I didn't buy it. And all I cared about was the contents. And if I like the basket, I'm going to keep it. And hey, now I got a free basket. And if I don't, I don't have any problem chucking that thing because it wasn't mine. You injected it into my house. I, th- I think we somehow wound up back in the show. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, kissing me. Right. And smoking and restaurants. Right. What's your favorite of all those restaurants, though? If for me, it's Chili's. I'll go to Chili's anytime anybody suggests it. Now, is this your preference for their cuisine? or, or This is cuisine. It's, is cuisine the right definitely, word? <laughs> yes. You guys Chili's make it, it sound off fancy. It's definitely less, it's definitely, you know, cruddier than, you know, Fridays. It's, you know, it doesn't feel dirty or anything, but it's, it's you know, they're, they're not going for style points there. But the food is so good. Like when I say ranking them, here's a way to put it. Like imagine that you were, 
back in college, you're 21, 22 years old. And so, uh, you know, this, the, the, these type of restaurants like a Friday's or a Chili's or, a uh, uh, these type of places it's stretching your budget. Like that's, that's about the most that you can afford and you've got a date and you know, you, you want to make sure she's <laughs> happy and make it seem like you're taking her someplace else. Which of these, you know, which one would be better Friday? That's what I'm saying. Fancy. So Fridays versus Chili's. I would probably go Fridays. I, Fridays uses dimmer lighting. I'd skip all that and take her straight to PF Chang's. <laughs> no, PF Chang's is like a, a whole separate class. Like PF Chang's is, I would say going for nice. They want to be, be, they know they're a chain, but they want to be like a nice chain. But their food is, I would say, comparably priced. I might be wrong. I have no idea. I feel like it's comparably priced. I feel like it's a little bit more expensive. Not expensive, but a little bit pricier than Fridays. I I mean, it's worth it. I don't think I've ever been to a P.F. Chang's, but somehow I'm familiar with it. I think maybe I went into the one in Austin one time at South by Southwest and they were like, couldn't see we had like a you know typical south by southwest should show we had like 20 people and couldn't accommodate us so i know what you mean though i think i think pf chang is one of these places though that has the advantage of being conceived newer it's it's i I don't think they existed in the 80s you know it's right they didn't need an overhaul that's just built into their aesthetic right and I feel like that, you know, all these other ones we're talking about, the Ruby Tuesdays and Chili's and Fridays, all are very 80s to me. I mean, maybe they were probably all founded in the 70s, but they kind of got big in the 80s. And, and there's, there's a, I feel like P.F. Chang kind of came in over the top of them. I missed the ground round. <laughs> what? Did you have the ground round? John, you must have. Uh, we did, but I don't think I ever went there. See, what I liked about this... It that was, was a chain a... restaurant of those sorts. They had random junk on the wall too, but you got popcorn, unlimited popcorn on the table when you sat down. And so I loved that growing up. Yeah. What was that? Like a steakhouse? I mean, we ate there and we were kosher, so it couldn't have been a steakhouse. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it was. Doesn't it sound like a steak ground round? I mean, it's yeah, sounds... sounds like a burger place to me. Yeah, it's the ground. Oh, and that's right. It had a giant TV that would show silent old time silent movies and cartoons on a big screen. There was a mascot named Bingo the Clown. I tell you what, the ground round is to go to groundround.com and they're still they, there. They are they do exist. There but are it, 30 franchises. Just going on the name, it sounds like one of those like trendy hipster burger places. I'll tell you what, I and I'm not making this up. I mean, I'm at their website right now and this is one of those things where yeah, I know, you know, food photography is notorious as like the most difficult photography there is. <laughs> Their right, food no, on their website, it. it looks horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I like that their food looks horrifying because it feels like oh they actually God. took a picture <laughs> of their food. This is what you're actually going to get. Or this is still a, so so far above what you're going to get. It actually that, looks like cold french fries. I don't even oh, know how they It looks like it. melted cheese. <laughs> uh, they, oh, there's the ribs. But they got some chives on top of the sour cream. The ribs looked so. okay. Here's a salad that looks okay. They got like yeah. a, now it's I don't even know what this is. This it looks like a cheese and ham and bacon sandwich. Uh, the burger looks. The horrifying. sandwich does not look good. The sandwich <laughs> looks. The sandwich does look old. All right. Did you guys see, look at the, when it comes around to the cheeseburger? Look at the, <laughs> the cheese, cheese. The, the cheese. cheese. The cheese. You see the oil running off of it. No, I think that's a sauce. I think that's a no, sauce. It's, no, it's a slice of square of it's sauce. It's a slice of it. orange cheese. It is horrible. Yep. There's a oh, there's a patty melt with with orange <laughs> French fries. 
What is on those fries? Even the fruit on the salad looks withered. Wait, I thought the orange fries were sweet potato fries. I feel like I keep giving the ground round the benefit of the doubt. Established 1969. Uh, yeah, because they've got regular fries. I don't think. Oh, God, that cheese with the jalapenos on it. And ah, oh. they put stuff on the cheese so you don't see the cheese. I just want to say, I think the Cheesecake Factory is disgusting. Where did that come from? Well, it's food. It really came from P.F. Chang's because where I live, the P.F. Chang's and the Cheesecake Factory are next door. So when you go to Cheesecake and they're like, it's a five-hour wait, everybody just goes to P.F. Chang's instead. Mm. I I don't think I've been to a Cheesecake Factory in quite a long time. I think Amy was pregnant last time we were there. So that's, I don't know, 10 years. Been a while for me too, but I, I don't remember having a good or bad experience. I just remember it being food. Yeah. My problem with them is that they, they, at least last time I was there, it wasn't that the food was bad. And, and it is, again, I think it is, it, it is a, for a chain, massive calorie comfort food place, it is a slightly more, maybe upscale is the wrong word, but somehow in this ranking I'm trying to get us to put together, it's above these other guys. Uh, but my problem, my problem with them is that they serve their, their quantities are just preposterous, and yes. I'm not the type of person. I have no compunction to clean my plate. I will if I if I'm served a, a massive way way too much burger, I'll just cut it in half in advance so that I know that I'm not going to you know eat too much of it. Uh, but I still, it just seems obnoxious when you uh, order the onion rings, and it's it, you can't even see the person sitting. A, Cross from me because the onion rings are piled so high. <laughs> but what makes them horrible is that they refuse to tell you the calorie information. They don't have it. You can't get it on their website. They uh, they're they're trying to skirt laws in different country in different states now where that you have to put the information. It's dependent on how big your chain is. Yeah, Philadelphia was federal it. law. No, it's all local. Philadelphia. It's oh. not even a Pennsylvania thing. It's a Philadelphia thing. Like the city of Philadelphia has a law that if you have X number of of franchises then you have to print the calorie stuff on the on the menu i forget what is it, it franchises is. in philadelphia or no no anywhere anyway. yeah anywhere i'm not sure how they came up with that as a i'm not sure i, I don't know why that is I, I guess it's to for the benefit of mom and pop places that i guess right. they don't have to you don't know. have to go calculate what all your calories are because that right, probably well, cost some amount of money and there's some science involved they're probably not equipped for have you guys ever been to a grand lux cafe no, but I'm going there now. It sounds like the uh, like a Golden Corral or something. So Grand Lux Cafe, I'm nearly certain, is uh, is owned by the Cheesecake Factory, or it's uh, it's a sibling to the Cheesecake Factory, sort of like a Banana Republic and Gap thing. And we have one over in uh, Cherry Hill. Which uh, you know, and and to me, the, in this whole discussion, it it's like the, and it's like a new. Uh, I think. Yes, it is absolutely owned by the Cheesecake Factory. You are right. Uh, Their copyright on their website says 2010 to 2013. So I'm I'm guessing that the first one even came into existence in 2010. That's what I'm guessing because it looks like it. And it's it's like they've – I'm not saying it's any better than Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays or anything like that. But they've kind of come in over the top of them branding-wise and made them all look like, like trash. Like, See, I think that's what it comes down to, this ranking system. It's not about the food. It's about the atmosphere, which really right. comes down to just the, the aesthetic, the design, what they're trying to do. If you look at their, the Grand Lux Cafe, they just spell it uh, L-U-X. I don't know. I think they, they if they wanted like to. Like me, they, almost. 
If they wanted to, yeah, exactly. If they wanted to, they could put an E at the end of Lux, maybe though. Step it up even further. And it's it, to me, it's a, such a it's fascinating branding wise because you know you look at their interiors. It is nice for a like place you can go with your kids and spend twenty bucks a person to eat type of you know establishment. I mean, it's the exact same type of thing you would go to instead of Fridays, but it's way nicer. And instead of putting all the crap on the walls, it's sort of like, you know, it just looks like a looks like you're inside a, a mid-range new casino, sort of. Gotcha. <laughs> so the the Cheesecake Factory, other establishment that I know of, is there's only one so far. It's in L.A. And I think there it's their attempt to compete with P.F. Chang's. And I think that it has two ridiculous elements. The first is its name. It is called Rock Sugar Pan-Asian Kitchen. I rock feel like sugar? Rock sugar, one word, intercap, rock sugar, Pan-Asian kitchen. And then when you look up what their menu is supposed to be, you're like, oh, Pan-Asian, good. I like Chinese food. No. We showcase the cuisines of Thailand, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, and India. That just sounds gross. And I don't know. I said, Boy, I'm hungry for some Malaysian right now. I, I, don't, I feel like they've misfired on their P.F. Chang's competitor. Oh, you ever had uh, Ethiopian food? Is this a joke? <laughs> I neither <wish>. have they <laughs> there's they've got a, a, maybe it's just a denver thing but there's it seems like there's ethiopian restaurants everywhere here and you go in and the people I, who go I, there are starving <laughs> i went in i went in once it was like a like a, a lunch meetup thing and they it was like this lump of meat and vegetables like vegetables <laughs> of indeterminate origin on top of this um i guess you call it bread it's like a it's like a flatbread, like a spongy flatbread, and it was just so disgusting. But I've gone down this path now where I'm, I may have insulted an entire uh, nation of people. They don't listen. Grand Lux Cafe, much like uh, the Cheesecake Factory, at least as I recall it, has a massive menu. It's not just like a sheet a that book. you that you look in the front and the back. It is a book. And if you look at their website, you you go to their menu and you can see it. They they must. I, I would guess you have a choice of at least fifty different entrees. It looks to me like they spent at least $25 on this website, by the way. <laughs> the website, actually, for a new chain, it does – it's not Flash, so you know, credit for that. But right. it, it does kind of feel like a website that was built with, uh, uh, I don't know, one of those page builder apps from around 1995. Right. <laughs> and it's literally using iframes. That's what I like about it. Yeah, I'm still on the Ground Round website watching the, uh, the melted cheese go by. <laughs> And I think it's all set in Times, Times New Roman. So I want to know, is it set in Times or do they not set a font? Let's find out. Grand Lux? Oh, no, it's, they specifically have selected Times New Roman. Yeah. Well, credit to them for not having a flash. That's right. But anyway, I would say Grand Lux Cafe has, has changed the game for that type of uh, establishment. Do you, do you feel an opposition to chain restaurants? Like there's that... Uh, I want to. I want to say it feels like a backlash, and maybe it's just that I've gotten older. But it feels like now, when me and my friends will go out to eat, we don't go to places like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's just a natural part of getting older that you eat at better restaurants. Yeah, I'm not opposed to chains. I'm not. I'm not offended by like I'll still go to a you know a Noodles and Company or something. <laughs> I love going to non-chain restaurants, and we do that with the family sometimes. But that's usually. That's that's the nights out or nights out with friends. It's just especially if we you know, we're already five people. If we go out with another couple who also has kids, now we basically need to rent out a room, and so that's when we go to the chain restaurants. It's much easier to get a table for twelve at 
you know, Fridays than it is at Valentino's. Valentino's. Now that sounds fancy. It is. It is fancy. I would never take my, I mean, I have taken my kids to Valentino's, but that would have to be like a special dressed up occasion. Yeah. It's too good for my kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it's too Put quiet. Put them in bed at eight and go to Valentino's. Like, that's like a dim lights, candles on the table situation. It's not perfect for kids. I will say, and I, I'm curious how you guys feel about this. I don't, I, we don't like to get too political and unprofessional, but there's a couple of restaurants that I've taken off my list. Like we won't go to, and for, for political reasons, not just because of the crappy restaurants, but we Wait, you're saying to, you and I don't get political. Yeah. Sometimes, okay. but we um, Longhorn Steakhouse, Olive Garden, Red Lobster, and Applebee's are all in our no our permanent no list because they uh, they all or they some of them are all owned by the same people maybe all of them but they were all companies that said we're going to cut back on hours rather than have to fall victim to Obamacare and provide health insurance for our employees. Huh. So we did they? them by not eating there. Yeah, they all and Papa John's too. <laughs> they all they all so far have seemingly followed through. I know Papa John's, that guy was shooting his mouth off about it. Yeah. John Schneider. I used to work for Papa John's. I think everybody above the employee level, like anybody at, at mid-level manager or higher, is just supposed to be a douchebag there. I, re- I, <laughs> I remember part of the training. I remember watching the Colbert the one night right, when he was shooting his mouth off about it. And, and his actual argument, I mean, and it, it's like one of those, like, you just can't make this shit up. It was like his argument was that uh, – to cover the costs, he'd have to raise the price of every pizza by 27 cents. <laughs> it was so, some amount like that. Like it was seriously like less than 50 cents. And it's like uh, 27 more cents of pizza and your employees will all have health care. Sounds like a reasonable deal. Like who's really sweating it? Who is really sweating 27 cents on a pizza? I mean, even if you're really on a budget. I mean, and I've been there. I've been there where... You know, you know, like you, you know where the ATM is that'll give you a ten because you don't have twenty bucks in your checking account. <laughs> I've been there, and I'm telling you, even when I was, you know, had that little money to my name, an extra twenty seven cents on my pizza, I really, I, I, I really can't say that I'd have noticed. No, twenty five, twenty seven cents is found money. Like you can just check the house, and there's always twenty seven cents. There was just a report I saw a week or so ago where they were saying that McDonald's could double the salary of all of its minimum wage workers. And raise the price of the Big Mac by sixty something cents, and even that I think is okay. Once you're at seventy cents, now I'm questioning it. But sixty something cents, I'm all right with. I will say though, since you worked at Papa John's, Dave, don't blame me. I, the thing I miss about Papa John's, since I'm now protesting Papa John's, but that little cup of butter that they put oh, in the garlic, garlic butter sauce, is so good. Man, I'll just you pour guys that, are I'll sick. Pour that, the, I never. That's not really butter. That's it's like some kind of oil. It's not probably butter. not really garlic either. I, th- I think it's whatever you put on the popcorn at the movie theater. It's that thing with some garlic mixed in. I just oh, pizza so needs good. more oil is what I learned from Papa John's. So good. I'm I'm not going to argue that it's good for you. I'm no. not going to argue that I would even eat it now. But oh, when if I was it were here right now and I were not protesting them, I would drink it right out of the cup. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> garlic licious. I worked at a movie theater once and uh, got into uh, a series of escalating dares with a fellow employee, uh, which led to me drinking a cup of that butter. (laughs) Did you puke? I felt like shit for the next three days. Yeah, I believe it. It's just is that, oil. Is that like on a moral level? I mean, what do you mean drink a cup? Like what, what size cup? Like the cup that they give you? Like a, like, one of their well, no, because the cups they give you even the small is like eighty-seven ounces. But a little, I don't know, a little drink. You, you cup drank enough was, to drink. 
It was about two two inches the full. The shitty of, cup of they a, give you if you say, "Could I get some free tap water?" and they give you that little shitty cup. No, they tell you to go fuck yourself if you ask for that. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was a federal law. I thought that there was a law that you have to get water. You have to be allowed to get water in a restaurant. I the, I have never when I was there when I was working there nobody ever asked for water. Eh, so maybe not though because Papa John's I don't believe has a sit down area. It's all well. This was right? at the movie theater. This is the movie theater. What I thought we were talking about Papa John's. I was saying, saying when he worked at the movie theater, he drank the butter juice that they put on the popcorn there. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. I thought you drank the Papa John stuff. Well, what's the oh. difference? It's probably the same substance. <laughs> the Papa John stuff probably would have tasted better on its own. I don't. I I like butter on popcorn, but I would never get that stuff in the movie theaters. That's I don't know. Really? What, oh, how do you get butter on popcorn? Do you like make popcorn at home and I put do. butter on it? I will. Put, you melt your own butter? I do. You're like a pioneer. When I was like, a kid, he's like a popper. Popper. I've got like just like a pan, you know, like a, it's like a special uh, pan that you put on the stovetop and it has like a. Oh, cool. So I use the actual popper now. I got the old school popper that, you know, it turns on when you plug it in and there's no power button or anything. Yeah, Jen's going even further back. You're like a popcorn hipster. Yeah. When I was a kid, we had a neighborhood movie theater. Um, it was literally on the same block as my parents' house. So I didn't even have to cross the street, and I was allowed to go, you know, at an incredibly young age because I didn't even have to cross the street. And I had dollar matinees, uh, and had the best popcorn I've ever had. I mean, and it wasn't just like me as a little kid and having fond memories. Like the Lex's old employer, the Reading Eagle, used to like at the end, oh. like their their annual, like I guess it came out like when the Oscars came out. They'd always put in a throw out that that the Majestic Theater was a great, you know, if you ever, you know, everybody should go once a year if just for the popcorn. But they they used to it was before home home video, so what they used to get was like second run movies. So like a movie would come out, you know, like if they were still open, they'd be getting Iron Man three right now. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple. Of, we've got a, a place called Cinema Grill where you sit down and have dinner and watch a second run movie. And you know, but that was cool. I mean, it was a dollar. It was like a buck. You could go in and then you could get popcorn. And their popcorn, number one, their popcorn, even if you didn't get butter, was just perfect. It was delicious, salty, perfect popcorn. But their butter was actual butter, and you could see that when they got low, they would just take out a get a stick of butter, unwrap it, and throw it in the top, and it would melt. And, uh, <laughs> well, so but wait, do you when you go to the movies now, you don't get popcorn because it's I do get popcorn, but I don't get I don't get butter on it so you eat popcorn with nothing on it though that sounds horrible no it's great it's all covered with salt it's cooked in it's cooked in some sort of oil yeah i I agree i okay plain popcorn plain popcorn is way to go or the other thing that i the only value valuable thing that i learned working at the movie theater uh the cinnamon and sugar they put on the pretzels get them put that on your popcorn oh dave (laughs) so good it's so good john's disgust was so perfect (laughs) and heartfelt It's horrible. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. To me, the butter, the, the quote-unquote butter you get in a m- major theater today, it doesn't taste anything like butter. It just tastes like if they if they just called it grease, would you like grease on your popcorn? It would be completely accurate. But that, I, that's why I, I don't get and it. And nobody would want it. I wouldn't eat popcorn if you ate it like, you know, like some kind of like, you know, just, just put like air pop popcorn. Remember that crap? Yes. You just put corn kernels in a machine and it would get real hot and they'd pop and it was nothing just nothing on it no salt no it's like a rice cake not even cooked in any kind of oil well they, yeah just yeah it's exactly like a rice cake it's like eating styrofoam i wouldn't eat popcorn like that but if you don't get the butter quote unquote quote butter in a movie theater it it doesn't taste like that it's all covered with salt yeah all right. and you have, well would you eat kettle corn no it's sugar oh 
terrible. Oh, just the idea of sweet popcorn Love completely turns corn. you off. Oh, the idea of sweet popcorn. Oh. See, I'm a big fan of kettle corn, mm. so I'm with you, Dave. I will try I the cinnamon it. sugar thing. The movie theater that I went to in Amsterdam, I guess it's the European thing. The movie theater I went to in Amsterdam, when you ordered popcorn, they would ask, do you want plain or sugar? There's like sugar popcorn and there's salt popcorn. It's your it's choice. Awful. And it's always a surprise when you get it, when I get it. And it's like if I see popcorn, I think, oh, I'll have a little popcorn. And then it's kettle corn. Oh, it's like then I'm sitting there spitting popcorn out of my mouth. When does that ever happen? <laughs> when, do you, when are you surprised by kettle corn? I don't <laughs> know. I, I don't corn. remember the situation, but I do know that I've never <laughs> eaten it, with it willingly. And I know that I've had it. So it, it and I can, I can imagine it the, up on you. the surprise. You got punked. <laughs> it's like when you take a drink of something and it's you, you forget what you're drinking and you think it's oh. water but it's something else. Windex. Or you think or <laughs> or if you think it's something else and it's just water. That that's it, all of a sudden water can taste so foul if you are expecting it to taste like something else. When you order a sparkling water eclipse and they bring you tap water. Right. That's and, the worst. And it's just you expect that bubbly thing and it you get this flat thing in your mouth and it's oh it's you just it's just like drinking dishwater <laughs> it's true though and in, in fact just this past weekend we were at a friend's house and they brought out cocktails and my wife wasn't feeling great so she asked for just water and they brought her seltzer because they know she's a big seltzer drinker and she spat out her first sip because yeah. she's like what is wrong with your water and then she figured it out right it's hard it is i'm telling you you can't you, it, a sip of something when you're expecting something else even if it's something you like right I, there's no way I can leave this in because it's going it's to sound like just another me saying weird shit about growing up thing. But when I, <laughs> tying back to the smoking, my mom was a smoker when I was a kid. And she used to do this horrible, god-awful thing where she would put her cigarettes out in a can of Diet Pepsi. <laughs> and she wouldn't still drink it, would she? No, no. And okay. she would just like leave them around. Like she, she, would, <laughs> she would rarely throw them away immediately after. So... Not frequently, but a couple of times I would go to reach for my can of Diet Pepsi, which is the thing that I drank when I was a kid because that's all we had in the house. And I would grab the wrong can of Diet Pepsi and get a mouthful of... of, (laughs) That seems like something that would happen once. (laughs) Basically, at that point, you give up Diet Pepsi. And it it seems to me like I can easily see it happening once. And then I feel like you... At least I would. I would immediately develop like a tick where every time I picked up a can, I would shake it around a little bit and see if there's... That's exactly what happened. You shake it, you can hear the cigarette butt bumping against the sides of the can. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't. To this day, I can't drink Diet Pepsi. You know, that's actually... The funny thing is, though, that's actually one of the signature cocktails at Chili's. (laughs) (laughs) 